Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 585. You know, there's some wonderful birder poets out there, including right here in uh, our home base of New England. Our friend Doug Chickering is one. And so is Caroline Haynes, who painted the following portrait of bird life that she recently observed along the Anasquam River, a tidal saltwater estuary up in the northeast corner of Massachusetts. Rocks on the hill above the river gave up their accumulated heat as I looked out on the expanse of the river below. The emerald marsh on the far shore was still engulfed by half-tide, and a gathering of about seventy herons and egrets surrounded a pool of standing water left by the receding river, some foraging, most just resting. Among them, a wary great blue heron stretched its neck to tower above the majority of snowy egrets. A double-crested cormorant dried its wings on a rocky pedestal, and a murder of crows flew in to forage in the marsh grass. Yellowlegs called, Choo, choo, choo! Above it all, the sun tonight just a muted glow slipped into the variegated gray cloud cover as simply as a woman slips a thin memento into an envelope addressed to her lover. The egrets, as the mystery moved them, began to take flight in groups of ten to twelve, stragglers winging out behind them, headed downriver to the harbor island. From the west, a group of ten little blue herons appeared, among them three snow-white hatch-year birds following the adults to roost. The great blue lumbered down into a muddy crevasse and stood up to its knees looking for a few more nibbles. The gray sky deepened to violet and I said, good night. Beautiful words from lifelong Cape Ann, Massachusetts resident Caroline Haynes about a lovely and birdie scene on the Enisquam River up by the famous seaside towns of Gloucester and Rockport. Thanks for allowing us to read that this morning, Caroline. Meanwhile, if you're in Pennsylvania, you're in this week's bonus prize state. Last week was Rhode Island. We had a winner there from Rhode Island or the week before. Well, that means that if you call in to this morning's Mystery Bird Contest from Pennsylvania, you'll win a special bonus prize automatically. This week, it's a signed copy of Mike O'Connor's amazing book, Why Do Bluebirds Hate Me? More answers to common and not-so-common questions about birds and birding. It's another bestseller by Mike. So if you're in Pennsylvania and you get to us on the show this morning, you'll win that special bonus prize automatically in addition to the other prizes you might win on our Mystery Bird Contest. So get ready to call Keystone Staters. Extra, extra, read all about it. 
Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Stunning chrono photographs capture the patterns of birds in flight. When you see these pictures, they are pretty spectacular. Scientists have discovered that beak deformity in birds, a death sentence in many cases, may be caused by a virus. And we're going to the Galapagos Islands. And you're invited to join us. Get the details right now on our Facebook page. Just look for the photo of the Galapagos penguins. And that's some of what we have for you on our Talking Birds Facebook page right now. By the way, you'll also find a link to our new newsletter, The Trumpeter, and our latest edition right there. Here's our Conservation Salute of the Week. In Newcastle, England, often called the coal capital of the world, the university there says it will end its investments in coal and oil tar sand companies within five years. Meanwhile, the city of Newcastle, home of the world's biggest coal port, has joined the global fossil fuels divestment push. The city council there has voted to exit holdings in the big four banks if they continue to fund fossil fuel projects. So a Talking Birds salute this morning to Newcastle University and the city of Newcastle, England, for joining the worldwide movement away from fossil fuels. Well, one of the best things about the great state of Maine is its national park, Acadia. It's one of the most popular of all the national parks, and that's one of the reasons that we here at Talking Birds are making it our first stop in our National Parks live broadcast mini tour in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service here in 2016. If you're anywhere near Acadia, we hope you'll come by and say, hey, we'll be there uh, airing our show live from Acadia National Park, Sunday, August 21st. Our usual broadcast time, 9.30 to 10 a.m. Eastern. More details on next week's show. Still to come on our show today, have you heard of World Girl Birders? Well, you will in just a few minutes when we talk with Debbie Shearwater, the founder of this amazing and fast-growing group of girls and women of all ages and all birding levels. Also this morning, we'll get some more backyard birding advice from the one and only Mike O'Connor from Cape Cod's famous Bird Watchers General Store. And just ahead, we'll head to Cuba to meet the smallest bird in the world. It's today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Talking Birds is made possible in part by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says, We care about birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron.com and discover more. Is that a bee or a hummingbird? Well, you could call it a bee because that's part of its name. And you could call it a hummingbird because it is one. It's the smallest bird in the world, weighing substantially less than a penny. It's the bee hummingbird. To see one, just travel about 90 miles south of Key West, Florida, to the island nation of Cuba. That's about the only place they're found. male of this beautiful species has a green head and iridescent fiery red throat with bluish upper parts and mostly grayish chest and belly. 
The larger female is green above and whitish below with white tips on the outer tail feathers. Using cobwebs, bark, and lichen, she builds a cup-shaped nest that's about one inch in diameter. It's said that bee hummingbird nests have been observed perched on the top of a clothespin. As with so many other species, the bee hummingbird's population is in decline, mostly due, say the experts, to habitat modification and destruction, as much of Cuba's natural vegetation has been converted to cultivation and pasture for cattle, with no more than 20% of land remaining in its natural state. The recent expansion of cacao, coffee, and tobacco production poses another major threat. And so the bee hummingbird represents another reason for us to all do what we can to support bird conservation and conservation in general. By the way, the bee hummingbird, Melisuga heleni, is not the same species as the bumblebee hummingbird, that's Athus heloisa. You can find the bumblebee hummingbird here in the States. It's been spotted a couple of times in the mountains of southern Arizona. But you'll need to cross the Florida Straits to the shores of Cuba to get a look at the world's smallest bird. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend, the bee hummingbird. Thanks again for being with us here. It's our show number 585. Please visit us at TalkingBirds.com and we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talking Birds. Talking Birds is sponsored in part by Chimani, providing free outdoor mobile app travel guides to plan and navigate your journey to more than 400 national parks, monuments, and historic sites from Acadia to Zion. Go to Chimani.com. That's C-H-I-M-A-N-I.com to download your free app today. Well, World Girl Birders is not just a description of girls looking at birds. It's a group. It's a big and a very fast-growing group. And who to tell us better about it than the founder of that group, Debbie Shearwater. And she is on the phone with us right now from Hollister, California. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Ray. Great to uh, hear from you again, Debbie. It's been quite a while since we've talked, but we're glad to talk to you about this wonderful, relatively new thing, World Girl Birders, tell us what it is and what the what you're trying to do. Well, World Girl Birders is a group, uh, Facebook group, and it's uh, celebrating girl birders all over the world, um, all levels of birding from uh, beginners to experts to backyard birders. And um, I started it as a way to give women a chance to connect with each other. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I can remember a while ago hearing from a listener uh, in England who was sort of um, envious of the fact that we had a lot of women in the U.S., he thought at least, watching birds, and they didn't have a lot of luck getting women interested over there in the U.K. for some reason. But uh, you've expanded that here and, and there too, probably. Yes, because we have members from all over the world. How many countries? Any? Do you have you know any idea? I don't know the total list, mm-hmm. but certainly we're very well represented in Australia, a lot of Aussie um, girl birders, uh, Japan, Canada, England, Peru. Uh, it's basically anywhere, you know, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> anywhere on the planet. Yeah. All right. How, how did uh, how did you get this started? Did you just put a put up a Facebook page or? I did. did. Yeah. I I thought about it. I gave it a lot of thought. 
I -hmm. started the group on March 8th, two years ago, and March 8th is International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. And that will always be our anniversary. And I thought maybe Mm -hmm. 20 or 30 people would join the group. But I didn't dream that in 72 hours we would have 1,000 members. Wow, 1,000 members in 72. That, I don't know if that's a record or not, but uh, I think I saw you compare it to some uh, big birding groups that uh, you know it took them, what, a, a year or something a to year. get that many, many members. Yes. Yeah. What do you attribute that to? Is it just was it just this great swell a, of a pent up need yeah. for women to talk? <laughs> wow! A thousand members in seventy two hours, and and you're up to what now? Uh, Two thousand four hundred and eleven. That is pretty remarkable, uh, especially when you considered you thought you'd get maybe thirty or so. Correct. <laughs> pretty amazing. Well, you have a, a couple of little controversies, uh, Debbie, in, in your group. One of the fa- one of them is the fact that um, men are included. You allow men to join the group. Not everybody likes this idea. Am I right? Well, no, not everyone was happy with it in the beginning. But uh, from the get-go, I included men. Uh, male birders are welcomed in the group. Uh, any man who wants to advance the cause of Women in birding can join the group. We've never excluded men. All right. Well, I can join then. Is that correct? Or you, you can ex- join. You could exclude me specifically, but it sounds like you're not doing that. No. All right. No. <laughs> okay. How do I sign up? It's easy. You just go on Facebook and request to join, and then either myself or my administrative assistant, Jenny Duberstein, will sign you, you know, join you in. After we reach 600 members, which is typical in a group, Facebook usually requires you to sort of set up something to make sure you don't get spammers in the group. I see. Okay. So just go to look for the, look for World Girl Birders on Facebook. Right. And then, and then follow along there. Right. World, well, that, that takes us to the other little controversy, and that is the use of the word girl uh, in the name, and you got a little pushback on that, I guess. Yes, that was another thing I gave a lot of thought to. So this group is for young girls, and we have girls as young as 10 years old in the group, and uh, for any age group. So when I was a girl, when I was 10 years old, I didn't think of myself as a, as a woman, so I didn't call it, you know, world women's women birders or anything. Yeah. I decided it was going to be girl. And once you get over 60 years old, you're really happy if somebody <laughs> just calls you a girl. All right. And if it was World Women Birders, that would be WWB, and it sounds too much like that wrestling organization. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh. <laughs> That's okay if you don't know about it. But Oh, yeah. yeah you're not, I don't know if you're missing uh, anything there, but World Girl Birders. Amazing the, the gross, growth of this, and you have people from, as you say, all over the world. And uh, it's all on Facebook, right? It's all on Facebook, yes. And it includes um, not, you know, birders who might be Ill- also illustrators, artists, writers, journalists, scientists, photographers, conservationists, professional birding uh, people, and, you know, backyard birding people. Any Any type of person who's interested in birding and wants to advance the cause of women in birding. Okay, that's quite a, that's quite a, a range there of uh, kind of walks of life, and, and it's interesting, too, as you say, the, all different levels of birders. What, can you get a sense of what most of the members are? Are they backyard birders? Or, or no. How, no. No, most, they are anything. 
and everything. <laughs> a wide spectrum. Wow. Well, Pretty. Very, it's very broad. Pretty cool. Okay, so anybody who would like to join, whether you're male or female, a girl, a woman, a boy, or a man, uh, you can join up. Just look for World Girl Birders on Facebook. Debbie's also uh, the, the founder and uh, owner of something called Shearwater Journeys, and that's an amazing thing, too. We don't have time to talk about that this morning, but we will in a subsequent broadcast for sure. Debbie, thank you so much. Keep up the good work, and I'm looking forward to joining World Girl Birders. Thank you, Ray. All right. Debbie Shearwater out there in Hollister, California. Again, it's uh, on Facebook. Just look for World Girl Birders. Amazing. Over 2,000 members, I think she said right now. Pretty incredible. Well, we have something really important to ask you to listen to uh, in just a moment here. And then we'll be on to our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Well, there's an exciting development around here, and it concerns something we talked about last week. The Galapagos Islands. I'll be heading there next September with my friends from Sunrise Birding, one of the world's finest small group touring companies, and I'm inviting Talking Birds listeners to join me. I'll be your host for this trip to one of the most amazing destinations on the planet. We'll get up close to giant Galapagos tortoises and marine iguanas and see hundreds of spectacular bird species. We'll even snorkel with Galapagos penguins. We'll be led by expert local guides and we'll cruise in comfort aboard a custom-designed first-class yacht. Please join me for this trip of a lifetime, and don't wait because reservation space is extremely limited. For full details, look for the Galapagos Birding and Wildlife Cruise at sunrisebirding.com. That's sunrisebirding.com. When you see the itinerary, you will be impressed, I promise. Please check it out right now at sunrisebirding.com. That lovely sound you're hearing is today's mystery bird. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. That's birds.cornell.edu. We have a bonus prize state this morning. It's Pennsylvania. If you get through to our show from that state here on our Mystery Bird Contest today, you'll win a special bonus prize automatically, whether you have the correct answer or not. It's a signed copy of Mike O'Connor's latest amazing book, Why Do Bluebirds Hate Me? More answers to common and not-so-common questions about birds and birding. So if you're in Pennsylvania and you get to us here at the Mystery Bird Contest You'll win that special prize in addition to the other prizes if you get the right answer. In that case, good luck. Keystone Staters, you're eligible here on the Talking Birds Mystery Bird Contest if you haven't been a winner here in the past six months. And one other note, if I may, if you're not hearing our uh, Sunday morning show live, uh, you can do it easily. Find out through our website, uh, TalkingBirds.com. You can also search for Talking Birds in iTunes or Google Play. Our mystery bird, again, if you can stand listening to it. Our phone number is 781-837-4900. We urge you to call as soon as you can. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. And our prize, you'll love this, it's our new, or a droll Yankees new, window mount songbird feeder with beautiful songbird and blueberries design and a sturdy, clear seed dish that holds two cups of feed or seed or fruit or mealworms. Our bonus prize. This is a whole other thing. Now, this is if you get the right answer. 
a 12-ounce bag of Birds and Beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. That's the kind of coffee we drink around here, and we love it and recommend it. And that's our other bonus prize on our Mystery Bird Contest. I don't think we want to hear that bird again, do we, right now? No. 781-837-4900 is the number. Here's a description of the bird. It's a large water bird. In fact, it's one of the largest birds in North America. It has a long, specially adapted fish-catching bill, short legs, webbed feet, long, broad wings, and a short tail. Sounds like someone you know. That's our mystery bird, which winters in the southern U.S. and Mexico and breeds way up into northern Canada. It's snowy white with black flight feathers that can be seen when the wings are spread. The bill and legs are yellow-orange. I think that's a pretty good description of our bird, and what do you think it is? Tell us or take a guess, 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And that Droll Yankees new window mount songbird feeder is our prize, 781-837-4900. And we mentioned Mike O'Connor a couple of times already on the show here. We're going to not just mention him, but we're going to talk with him um, just ahead. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. I'm Ray Brown and I'm a coffee lover. And the brand that I drink is Birds and Beans, the only brand that sells only bird-friendly coffee, grown in a way that saves the forest that migratory birds depend on for survival. Birds and Beans carries the certification of the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center, the most stringent shade-grown certification in the world. Plus, it's USDA organic certified and fair trade certified, so farmers get fair compensation. Of course, it's important to note that Birds and Beans coffee tastes great, and it's available in your choice of roasts, from American Red Start Light Roast to Deep and Dark Scarlet Tanager French Roast. Decaf, too. If you care about saving the tropical forests on which so many of our birds depend, and if you love great coffee, there's just one choice, birds and beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. It's my choice, and I really hope you'll make it yours. Get the whole birds and beans story, including where to buy it, at birdsandbeans.com. That's birdsandbeans.com. Cue the music. The exclusive music for Mike O'Connor down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store. Mike O'Connor, owner, proprietor, and founder... Author of those best-selling books, Why Don't Blue... Uh, why Don't... Uh, I never can get through this the first time. <laughs> why Don't Woodpeckers Get Headaches and Why Do Bluebirds Hate Me? How's that? Yeah, I nailed it. I you nailed it. All right, thank you. Yes, it wasn't easy. We'll fix it in post, as Boy, they say. How about those people from Pennsylvania, huh? The, if they... They, they're the lucky day if they get one of my books, if they get the uh, Mystery Bird. That would be the talk of uh, of Philly. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because the convention is over down there. So they needed something to kind of get yeah, things going the again. To continue the excitement. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk uh, this morning, Mike, about one of, one of our favorite birds, the, uh, the housefly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Now, we should set the stage here. Apparently, you, uh, your, your lovely wife uh, put up some fly paper in your garage uh, to capture some of those critters. And, uh, and you went out there and kind of took it, took it back down again because you figured that wasn't a, a really uh, good idea. You know, it's funny. Fly paper, yeah, my wife, it's been so hot, as we all know. And I have an attached garage, so I keep the door open in the summer, get across ventilation through the house. And... A lot of people don't realize this, but I, in fact, actually have garbage. 
<laughs> and so the the flies are coming in the garage, and I don't care. They go back out. It's no big deal. But my wife wasn't about to put up with that. So mm. she put up fly paper. I didn't even know they made fly paper anymore. It seems like something from the 50s, doesn't it? Like an old barn or deli or something. Well, we remember it well from back in the day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you'd see a cup of cola hanging here and then a fly paper right next to it. <laughs> and everybody was okay with it. Yeah. But you know what's not okay with it? A, a, a birds. Birds get stuck on fly paper. Yeah. And in my garage, just in my garage alone, I got Carolina wrens and house wrens sniffing around and cat birds. And they could get easily get stuck on that. They're either attracted to the flies themselves or they just land on it casually, like they mm. would land on a broom handle yeah. or a, some kind of. And so. Whoa. Somebody just dispatched one there with a fly swatter. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's right. There's, there's an old school remedy right there. Yeah. You can get your wife out there in the garage, Put her, get her a nice chair out there in the fly swatter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I took it down, and I decided, no, that's not going to go. And I know a friend of ours has a, one of my employees has a horse, and she said they don't use fly paper even in the horse barn. They use hmm. these bottles that, that catch the... Oh, to catch oh, the flies, yeah. and they're a lot safer. You know, it's, it's yeah. like a baited bottle, and the flies go in there, and then they they drown in this liquid, yeah. and there's no birds able to get into that. Okay. So, I don't. I, apparently, a quick search on the internet shows fly paper's alive and well, wow. and birds are getting stuck in it. So, if you do have a fly issue, and um, you don't have my wife's phone number to come over with her fly swatter, then I would recommend not using fly fly paper whatsoever. All right. Got it. The bottle, the bottle method is the way to go. go. Always go to the bottle, Ray. All right. Uh, by the way, Tasha Barton from Pine Hill, North Carolina, wants to know about keeping bees out of hummingbird feeders. Maybe we can talk about that next week. I'm all over it. All right. Thank you, Mike. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Yep, Back bye-bye. to our mystery bird contest, trying to identify this sweet-sounding bird. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. That beautiful Droll Yankees window mount songbird feeder is our prize. What do you think it is? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. I think we have, uh, not sure where we're going, maybe Mike in South Boston, Massachusetts, down there. We call it Southie around here. Is that right, Tim? We have Mike first. We'll, yes, we'll find we, call it, we call it God's country, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. God's uh, country a, or the town, right? That's right. All right. Uh, is the bird a pelican? Let me put it this way, Mike. Uh, that is not an incorrect answer. I don't know if you might be able to be a little more specific about that. Uh, I don't know. Sea pelican? Sea <laughs> pelican? Creative answer. Uh, I'll tell you what, Mike. If nobody comes uh, more accurately or more specifically with that, you, you could be our winner. So stand by. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Mike. Mike uh, from South Boston saying it's a pelican. I think we're indicating that's not an incorrect answer, but... Um, what kind of pelican is it, I guess, is really what we're trying to say here. Let's uh, go to Rose in Duxbury, Massachusetts. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. How are you, Rose? I'm great. How are you today? Fine. Well, I'm well, thank you. Nice to hear from you. How about our, our mystery bird? You, you may have just heard Mike's guess there that may have given you a clue. Yeah, I did hear that, but yeah. um, my guess is a great black-backed gull. Great black-backed gull. No, that's not it. No? We've kind okay. of we've kind of given up that it's a pelican, but we just want to say what kind of pelican it is. Okay, that's, that's so, where we are here. All right, thank well, you so I'll much. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thank you, Rose. All right, seven eight one eight three seven four nine hundred. Yeah, we have, we have established the pelicanish quality of this bird. But what is it specifically? We have John in Braintree, Massachusetts. Good morning, John. 
Uh, good morning. Uh, I was thinking it was a, an American white pelican. That is exactly, precisely correct. We would have just even accepted just white pelican, but uh, American white pelican, yeah, is is really the uh, the exact common name. You must. Uh, are you a pretty serious birder, John? It sounds like you might be. Um, well, I, I certainly like to, to get out there, um, so uh, happy to uh, to help in the process here. <laughs> Very nicely done. You're, you, it doesn't sound like you're from Braintree originally. Uh, no, no, I'm originally from Manchester in the UK. Uh-huh. Well, lots of, uh, I know birding is like huge in the UK. Well, you guys call it uh, twitching over there, right? That's right, yeah, that's right. Would you do a lot of birding over there? Um, uh, uh, a lot of hiking, uh, yeah. all that sort of stuff. You know, it's uh, definitely nice to get out there in the environment and, and see things. Indeed, John. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, stand by. We'll get your address and send you that droll Yankees feeder. Oh, thank you so much. I oh. appreciate it. All right, that is our show for this morning. Our executive producer, Mark Duffield. Associate producer, Debbie Bleacher. Our engineer is Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.